everyone relax. Footy's back. We had blowouts. We had boilovers. We had fightbacks. We had Richmond winning. We had Collingwood losing. We had crowds back at stadiums. It was resumption normal. And just like a few of the clubs in the AFL on the weekend, we are starting our season late, just like the Cats and just like the Giants. We're back, though, and with me to break down all of the analysis from the weekend's action, plus give us some hot tips and how he'd spend 100 bucks on the punt this weekend is the people's coach, not the super coach. I've listened, I've learned to respect his wishes. The people's coach, Brian Randell. How are you doing, Baz? Very well. Uh, it was good. It was great. I found myself uh, cheering on Adelaide and Tex and um, Gold Coast and Sydney. And, you know, it was just a Hawthorne even. It was, it was a great weekend. So even cheering on Richmond so we could uh, make some bank with, Last week, best bet was 139 Richmond. Cheers. And uh, there we go. It was like clockwork Thursday night. It literally just went to the Richmond plan. Dick about for three quarters. Dusty kicks the switch in the fourth. They win by one to 39. Too easy. I think, uh, I think it was in this in a few chats we were in. I, I said the line, I've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. And the ending was exactly the same. I've made the big mistake last year on New Blokes Off. And uh, after watching the the um, documentary on last year with Richmond, I, I was probably every right to write this off because of what you know what they were saying about Dimmer and that, but even he changed his attitude. And if I hadn't known the little uh, little change in philosophy from you boys, then maybe I would have not have gone as hard as I did after round seven. But there you go, shit happens. You need some more sources, mate. You got a few in each of the clubs, but none inside Richmond land yet. So Richmond listeners, hook a Baz up with an Intel source and that way he can get even more correct with his tips and his bets. Starting today, you will play like winners, act like winners, and most importantly, you will be winners. So before we get into our takes on the weekend, uh, we're going to get a coach's corner. As we said, you are the people's coach and you're deep into preseason. And every show I've watched this week, and I did... I've gone back to footy media, mostly just because I miss it, and a little bit because I wanted to see what everyone was thinking about the weekend's action. It's all about overreactions. So I want to know, as a coach, what do you look for in round one? What do you? Oh, you obviously don't care too much about the result. You talked to me before this podcast today about your own team, and if you got touched up in a pracky match or in round one, you wouldn't care too much because it's it's a, it's a nice little fire starter. So if the result doesn't matter, the score doesn't matter. What does matter in round one? Well, I feel like the oh. We probably feel like a bit like an AFL club. We only have one practice game um, leading into the season, and you know, we haven't had a real access to a proper ground at all, and it's been a bit, um, bit chaotic. But I mean, you make it what you can, and always turn a negative into a positive. That's what we're trying to do. But yeah, I think round one, if you can get a, if you get the four points, the bonus. But like with the rule changes and everything like that, I don't reckon many teams will be that fast. They'll be worried about what system they've got in place and how the rule changes have affected that. Because obviously they haven't, they've all had one practice match or a couple of community games, or even intra-club games. They've had nothing, they haven't played against other clubs and see what they're doing. And I think you saw Collingwood, you know, they haven't changed in two years. You saw Geelong be a bit caught off by it all. And even West Coast and that, like they, they weren't really sure what doing. You know, the only real team I, I saw that um, did adapt and have something different to other clubs was, much Hawthorne. Hawthorne pretty much gave away the defensive 50 for kick-ins um, and they went more to one-to-one ratio with handball and kicking as well which um, could be uh, something that we might want to keep an eye on over the next few weeks on how that ratio starts to work with other clubs, whether they're going to go more one-to-one instead of the over the handball and 
or more kicking style with the you know the way that the the game is going to be a bit more open for the next few weeks until clubs start putting players behind the ball. But yeah, I just think you want to see great effort, which you saw from a lot of teams. There was a few teams that didn't bring great effort. Um, and you just want to see your game plan is going to work out from round one and what needs to be t- tinkered with. And then hopefully by round three and four, all systems are firing. But at the same time, you don't want to be zero and three. So You definitely don't want to be zero and three. Apparently don't want to be zero and two. And uh, unfortunately for a lot of teams... There'll be about four of them that are zero and two this week. So, uh, so there you go. Finals aspirants. Stats and lies. Stats and lies. The only consistencies here in the in AFL land. So, talking about overreactions. Each week of the, this podcast, Baz, we're going to go to the stock market. The what are the odds stock market? And you're going to buy a team. You're going to sell a team. And going to hold the stock on a team. So from the weekend's performance, which team are you selling all your stocks of? Oh, I'm definitely selling all my stocks on Melbourne. After a win? I just think they've the got the same issues. To over-reliance so, in their midfield, nothing up front, nothing out back. Yeah. If, that, if, if three men were half decent, they would have been up. They would have, Melbourne would have lost. Hmm. Um, yeah, a bit like Collingwood, I suppose. They haven't really fixed anything. Even you know, Clayton Oliver getting caught with the ball a few times because he wouldn't give the first give. Um, you know, we've heard about, uh, I spoke about this a bit on the radio the other day as well, after the, after their win, that, you know, Max Gorn came out in pre-season and said we need to be more selfless, need to stop being selfish as a club, but there's probably at least 10 to 15 instances where players were still very selfish. Um, there's talk of Ronnie coming in, does that mean Jones goes out? Um, or the young kid, I think it was Jordan, who can't, who goes out for, for Viney? Um, and does that mean they're going to have too many of the same type again, and too much you know, ball hunters again, which isn't going to help their their style again. So, yeah, McDonald was good for one game, but he didn't really have much to play on. The talk about Lever and May again, they were playing on midgets up forward. It was a bit like you know Bader Dale playing on um, on Mason Cox on, on Friday night. So, you know, when you get the game your own way, I think it can uh, blow out a bit to look better than what it was and. Again, I think it was one of those performances. And we know what Melbourne are like. They hate expectation. And now they've got all this expectation after round one. And I just think that, uh, yeah, I think it's just time to sell. Yeah. Because you're going to get a good price for them if you sell them now. Oh, definitely. You don't want to team, hang on to Melbourne stock for too long. We know that too yeah, often. And as, and as a team, you're about to sell. I reckon we're almost, we're almost at the bottom dollar. Yeah. Oh, I'm selling Collingwood stock. To be honest, I don't think I bought any Collingwood stock. And... Uh, this off-season was the off-season from hell. You had all the rumorole around Eddie and all the rumorole around player transactions and shipping players off. And then apparently you were too nice to Adam Trelaw before the game. And even that didn't work out. And then you just played the same old slow, boring footy that you've played all last year. And uh, it didn't work. Surprise, surprise. And you didn't get smashed because you can't get smashed when the ball doesn't move very much in those games. And it just didn't look very inspiring, and so why would you why would you hold on to any Collingwood stock this year? You're, you're definitely not making the eight, that's for sure. We got yeah, we're not making that, and we got smashed at the clear. Like just around the footy, we're getting absolutely hammered, and we couldn't change that. And yeah, the ball spent all our time in our half, and I think it was probably after about three at the first ten minutes, maybe even less, that Bucks put quotes for on the ball. So, and like I said, there's been a lot of talk about uh, how good the game looked over the weekend uh, as a whole. Give the coaches a few more weeks, boys. Just give the coaches a few more weeks. 
they're very smart coaches. They will adapt and uh, learn how to survive. And I, I, like I said, you know, you got Clarko already having a few different things. What other clubs are doing? You watch Scott. He'll be he'll be he'll make something happen. Yeah, they need they need a couple of weeks to work out what's going on, and then and then then they'll adapt. Unless you, yeah, as you said, unless you Clark, and then you can probably do it in a half of football. But but also, I think what was odd about this is that Bucks didn't Bucks did it, but it didn't help them. They needed to do the opposite. If they actually went and you know kept Cox up forward, they might have had something to kick to, and they and they do the dump kick inside fifty, it might land on his head. As if he's just hanging out in the halfway line trying to do team defense, doesn't he's not using his best ability, which is surely the fact that he's you know a half meter taller than everyone else in the field. Oh, so I, I think what he did was kind of worth because we, if we had a taking opportunities when we did go inside 50 and not drop marks with dollies or yeah. hit a target instead of butchering it, then we might have been a lot closer. I mean, we were still in that game with five, ten minutes to go, but even penalties like drops a simple chest mark. Like, what, what's going on? But yeah, I'm very worried about my club at the moment. And uh, I was before the season started and after Friday night, I'm bit more concerned and you'll probably hear coming up that I'm even more concerned when uh, we look at Colonel Carton. So Yeah, Thursday night could be tough. All right, so there are the, the cells. Which team are you buying into the bats? Which team are you excited about? Potentially too excited. And we do know, listeners to this pub will know that you love to get excited early in a season and then you ride that wave the whole way through. Well, I, I've already got Port Stocks. You know my love for Port. Yep. last year and, and carrying into this year we've had a few chats already um i think we've you've also heard you know my love for stuart jury you know my love for gold coast i think they're going to be all right this year but the last you go through our last two years of uh podcasts and i reckon every few weeks i'll mention sydney and how they're just about to cherry ripe the peak and we saw last week the change of game so slowly started happening last year and again, if you go back to last year's pods, I would have mentioned their academy players and bang, wallet, boom, come last Saturday night, they just flicked that switch. Yes, they're going to be inconsistent, but they will. I, I said last year they'll make the eight. Injuries got them, but I'm buying in this year. They'll make the eight this year, Sydney. There's no Gold Coast effect here where they play good for the first eight weeks and they teeter off because they're relying on young guns. Everyone talked about the fact that it wasn't, it wasn't Kennedy. It obviously wasn't Buddy. He didn't play. It wasn't the old heads that got them this massive when it was the young guys, which is great because it shows that they've got talent, they've got depth, they've got youth. That's all great things to have. But we've seen this with Gold Coast. We saw this with the Giants when they were a lot younger. We saw this with St Kilda. We saw this with Port Adelaide. The young players fade. You know this. You are a young players coach, Baz. So why are you buying in now knowing that come round 16, Sydney will be cooked and they're going to finish 12th? Because they're still cheap, and by around nine or ten, I'll be able to sell them off when they're at the highest price. Isn't that the whole idea of this? Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's not. Let's not even pretend. Let's not even pretend you're going to hang on to this tip for the rest of the year. They, no, they will be good for the first half of the season. Absolutely. Uh, the team I, I'm I, buying. I, I just think with, with Buddy coming back in, they're going to be even better, and there's still some other talent that they can use on that list. Mm. And again, Buddy probably only lasts. Not that I want him to break down, but like again. That's like a 12-week prospect, really. But anyway, enough uh, naysaying. Let's live the Swanee dream. I'm buying into St Kilda Baz against my own best wishes. It's hard not to. They did everything, everything, everything that they didn't do last year, they did on the weekend. They did it on the weekend. 
so gullible. Last year they would have lost. Last year would have been it's too hard. We don't have our best players. Oh, Max King got hit in the head with a golf ball. It's the world's against us. And this year it's stuff that we will win the games we are meant to win and we are meant to beat the Giants and we will beat them. And they did. That's all I ask of St Kilda. They're going to make the eight this year. Buy their stocks, Baz. Buy up now. You're you're silly, bro. You know, I can't believe you're saying this. I can't believe you're buying into the hype of St Kilda. Is is Ratton a good uh, coach? It's your own. It's your own. It's your own downfall, mate. And you know, is what, he like, a good coach? Who Ratton? Yeah, yeah, he's a good coach. But he's a good coach. Do do they have a good list? No. <laughs> they have a list that's better. They, do they have a list that's better than ten other teams? Yes. Yeah, they'll probably make the eight, but they won't. They won't win anything because they. I don't say that. Good. I just said they're going to make the eight. I didn't say they're going to win the grand final. I didn't say they're going to finish top four. Well, they made the eight last year. So if they don't don't do any better than last year, what, what good is it? So They're building. I mean, got, they're building. They've got Melbourne this week. They'll be two and zip and they'll get a, and they'll get a few wake-up calls and who cares. Fair enough. You'll be, you'll be selling them by about round 13, I reckon. Yep. Well, as I you will be with Yeah, with Sydney. But I should have sold. The other team that you, I'll probably sell next week because I'll lose this week to Fremantle is JWS. They're, in, they're, they're diabolical. They we'll are get to them later. We'll exactly. Get to them. You can only cross off one team at a time. Otherwise, there'd be no teams left. And uh, who are you holding on to? Who is everyone else selling, but you're actually going the other side? You're going the, the lay on the Betfair stocks. Uh, Brisbane. Yeah, fair enough. You can't you can't cross them out off after one week. They're too I think, deep. Too good. I think last, if you look at last year's round one, you can see that similar sort of stuff happens. So. Yep, they got touched up by Hawthorne, I believe, in round one away. Yep, and and Geelong got done it last week, and I think I think uh, West Coast got done by Gold Coast round one last year as well. So yeah, yeah, and that's the same five with mine. So I'm hanging on to Geelong stocks. I'm a big Geelong fan. I'm sorry, have been in the pod for the last couple of years, and they made the granny last year. Did you know that in round one, I should have actually realised this before I put in my tips last week because I would have saved myself some embarrassment, but um, I made myself some bulk cash as well. But Geelong are zero and five when playing interstate in round one in the last 10 years. So they just don't turn up for round one. They just take the week off an extended preseason training drill, basically. So should have expected it. Should have tipped Adelaide. Should have uh, been bragging on this podcast, but instead I've got an egg on my face. So I apologize. All right. Into the preview round two action. And you are a nervous man, Baz, because Thursday night, is the Blue Baggers versus the Pies. A sliding doors moment to borrow a purple-headed warrior euphemism. Uh, Carlton are $2 outsiders as of right now, Baz. Collingwood still $1.84 favourites. The line here is a slender two points. The over-under, a paltry one sixty-four. We're expecting some boring bucks footy. And uh, can the Blues finally do it? Can the Blues take your spot in the eight, Baz? Oh, yeah, they're going to beat us. Just, oh, just that's it. I, I can't. I can't believe that Carlton are two bucks. They're a lot better side than us. Um, you know, Jeremy Howe and Darcy Moore can't hold. And our back six were awesome against the doggies, and I'll be very, very good against Carlton again this weekend. But I, I can't see how in a week when we haven't been able to fix it for two years, how we could all of a sudden start scoring again. So uh, midfield got smashed last week at the clearances and at all. Oh, around the ball just generally just got absolutely hammered and with rest of the roles are too good so I was think Carlton uh, after watching Carlton last week they're a better team than us at the moment and they should probably knock us off and at two bucks it's probably going to be one of my best better bets of the weekend 
not See, my best bet, really. Everyone is buying into this, but if you say like you're worried about clearances, Carlton aren't a hugely great clearance team. They've lost the clearances both weeks now in the preseason to St Kilda and again to Richmond. I know that Richmond is the premier and like the best team in the comp, so that's no... Apparently St Kilda is as well. So, um, you know, I just, they're a better midfield now. Like Crooks and um, Walsh, they, they, they out against us. Like who are we? We've got blokes who can't get a kick, can't, can't take a mark, can't run out of their own shadow. So um, we, we're not very quick. We're pretty slow now. We've given away our quick players and... Our four by Rebusco uh, and um, Henry and Cox just looked dysfunctional because we had to go in the midfield. You know, Elliot needed to push up high. Uh, we're just, yeah, no, nah, we're, we're cooked, mate. Round two and we're cooked. Is there any chance that you can go back to the to the method that worked last year, which was the forward half lock-in footy? I know it's not working at the moment because of the new rules or maybe it's just round one, but is there any chance that you can lock this ball in the front half? And, and preventing the over-the-top ball action? Well, you saw all the stats are saying that there's more attacks from back half than there has been in freaking years. Like, it, there was, like, all the attacks, majority, at least 44% of attack or scoring shots were generated from the back half, which is, what, double what it's been in the last five years or something? Yep. So, I mean, our back line gets it and goes, and we saw it last week, it's doggies, where you repelled it, clean exit, get it to half forward, and then butcher it. So... I yeah, um, and I don't think we've got any defend, defensive forwards. We've got no forwards that put on pressure because we haven't. They're all mid-sized or tall, really. Uh, Dacos had a stinker, and unless Callum Brown comes in and plays that role, uh, I don't know how we didn't get a game last week. But uh, and Josh Thomas did. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm in on Carlton. I reckon they'll flog us. There you go. Fun little stat I found because everyone is poo-pooing Collingwood's ability to move the ball and transition from defence to attack. However, last year, you guys were ranked first for that stat. 26% of your scores were launched from defensive 50 chains, which was first in the AFL. So apparently this should be the game style that you guys are good at. Yeah, well, did you watch this last week? I did, but that's only one game. That's only one game, Baz. I think there's a possibility. There's a possibility. It's a slim possibility, but there's a possibility. It's one game, but it's also been the same for the last since probably 2019. So, fair enough. I'll be tipping Carlton, and I think you will be too. Although I think it is another one of these classic Baz, you know, voodoo tips where you actually think Collingwood will win. <laughs> no, mate. I think we're done. All right. So I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> Moving on to Friday night, Geelong are a dollar fifty-eight favourites against Brisbane, who are two dollar thirty-six outsiders. It's a nine-point margin here, and one hundred and seventy is the over/under. They'll be playing down at Kidinia Park, and therefore we can almost guarantee that this is a Geelong win. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. Um, Brisbane were pretty ordinary last week, but almost front mark sort of stuff. And when people start coming out saying that. Um, you know, blokes need to be dropped to make a statement about work rate and those sorts of things. Um, I think it says a lot about the club, where they're at at the moment. And I know they're still a young list, really, but maybe they have got a bit ahead of themselves. I did. I have said that uh, I reckon Wayne is a big loss for Brisbane. And I know he's not um, the sort of player that might put a lot of stats or kick a lot of goals, but he's a bit of a barometer for them, a bit of an X-factor player. Uh, I reckon him being out has really hurt them a bit. Um it's good to see Joe Denaher get off to a good start, especially with his little celebration. But I, I, 
you can't tip against Geelong down at Kinnia Park because it's a nice narrow ground. Now, the only thing is they got done for speed last week and they got out-hunted. Adelaide absolutely came after them. It was like a final for watching that game. It was unreal the way Adelaide went about it. But I reckon Geelong will be backing in the uh, oval and keeping it condensed and um, hopefully, yeah, it all should be sorted. And I reckon Geelong will win and probably cover that line with 10 points. Yeah. And to Geelong's credit, they did fight back. It wasn't like they just gave up and conceded the game. There was a point there where Geelong could have could have won it. And to Adelaide's credit, they were good enough to hang on for the win, which is something that Essendon couldn't do in a similar circumstance. And so I think that's more credit to Adelaide than it is against Geelong. They got the kick up the bum halfway through the game and I think they responded. So I think they do that again this week and, and win at home. No danger does hurt them a bit, but I think that's almost a good thing. And Blixhouse has to play back. Yeah, I think, again, round one, I think Chris got try to get too tricky, which he occasionally does when he gets a bit confident. I think he might go to things that work, like put your best running backman back, play your best forwards forward, don't be too tricky. I think he'll go back to basics on the weekend. Yeah, I think that going back to last year, Geelong gave uh, Brisbane two pretty good little touch-ups as well. So... And that was up in I was up in Brisbane, I think. Mm. At uh El Cadinia, I think, yeah, it might be a little not not a bumping, but it, it would be a nice little win for John. Yeah. Do we think they've overrated Brisbane's list a little bit just before we move on to the next game? Because I think if they're ahead of themselves, I think everyone is essentially ahead of themselves because they're not as deep as a Port Adelaide. They're not as deep as a Richmond or a, or a Geelong. I know that Geelong is a lot older than the other two teams I mentioned. But yeah, even even the dog is probably I think bat deeper than than Brisbane. Brisbane just had that flair and had everything go their way last year by playing half their games in Brisbane. Is is my yeah analogy reckon, for it? I reckon Brisbane forward of the ball with Danaher helps a lot, and well, obviously defensively they're pretty good with Harris Andrews and a few others. Uh, Rich and those sorts of blokes. I reckon their midfield stinks. Yeah, like don't I mean don't get me wrong, they got some very good players and and Neil and Barry and um. McCluggage, but I don't reckon it bats that deep, and I don't reckon it got a lot of pace either. So, I reckon in their midfield, and now they've lost Steph Martin to the doggies. Yeah, I just don't think they're actually. I reckon they've lost. They've lost that trade for mine. Hmm. And I reckon, yeah, their midfield isn't as good as it probably. I don't think it. I don't reckon it's in the top five in the NFL. No. Not at all. And I think that's where we see that the, yeah, if they if their attitude doesn't change and they don't bring you know intensity or defensive effort to their games like they didn't on the weekend against the Swans, they'll get beaten by, you know, two two thirds of the teams in this competition this year. So that was already a problem when they were a lot stronger. And now that they're not, it could be a very big problem this year. I think the scoring, the way the games open up will help them eventually, but yeah. I think their midfield doesn't bat as deep as, as some other the better sides. And so watch this space for the Lions. The early game on Saturday is Baz's favourite, Sydney, one thirty-eight favourites against Adelaide. Three dollar outsiders, other than touching up last year's grand finalists. Uh, the line here is three goals. The over under one seventy, and they'll be at the swimming pool that is currently the SCG. Does that play into Sydney's favour, a wet and wild Sydney time, or is Adelaide brought back into the game because of the wet weather contest? I reckon it should, the odds are definitely way out here. That should be pretty much even money, surely. Especially yeah, if it's going to be a tsunami. Like, 
How is Adelaide at three o? And how's the line and the, and the overs unders? Is that? I wonder. I'm looking that up now to see if that's still there. Because if that's over unders are still there at one seventy, you'd just be loading up on the unders surely. You would have thought they've had so. 100, they've had a hundred mil every day for like the last week. The Sydney cricket down doesn't drain that well. <laughs> well, they're not playing shield cricket there at the moment, are they? So, uh... Uh, look for mine, I'd I'd probably be tipping Sydney just because they're at home. Um, but and you saw Adelaide cop a few injuries last week, and they kind of did start to tire. How much that game took out of them, a young side, would be interesting because I reckon the Sydney game was a bit more bruise free than the Adelaide game. Um, and yeah, I'd, Sydney at home, I'd be backing them in, and especially if it is wet. I think the bigger body midfield of Sydney is uh, a lot, a lot more battle hardened for this sort of game. So, if it's definitely a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a slugfest where it's just move, just get the ball on the brute and push it forward. And if Buddy is back, then I reckon that makes it. I'd be very, very surprised if. Uh, if Buddy does play this week, especially if the conditions are ordinary, but if Buddy is back, uh, again, I think that just adds a bit more X factor, a bit more up and about about him and, uh, yeah, get him in. Yep, absolutely. I just double-checked the line there, Baz, and all those stats are correct. 171. It's 171, despite the fact that, according to Sportsbet, clashes at the SCG between these two sides average 128 points. So you have a 50-point margin to play with on the unders there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, can, can, can my work pay me today so I can just load up on that now? It's forecast for 27 and not much rain from, they're getting 30 degrees tomorrow. So the rain might have stopped, but surely, oh, they're still getting some Friday. So surely they're not going to have a dry, good ground for 170 points at the SCG. I know maybe it was because of last week and the, the whole, um, Score up with them. Games. Yeah, they've they've wound out a lot the overs and unders a bit this week, maybe. I don't know. Maybe obviously lost too much money the week before. Hope yeah, But I, I just want to share out the Tex Walker winding back the clock and uh, having a really good game. I've he's copped it off me a fair bit the last uh, few years, but uh he was awesome on, on the weekend and stood up when needed, showed some leadership, which was very, very good. Yes. Good on your text. Always good to prove the haters wrong. The Saturday night game is our next on the list. And it's St Kilda, $1.62 favourites against Melbourne. $2.31 outsiders. We're playing at Marvel Stadium. The line here is two points. The over-under, 173. And now, Baz, these are two untested, untried and untrusted clubs. But surely you're leaning towards St Kilda in this match due to the fact that you've just sold all your stock in Melbourne. Yep, uh, St Kilda will win, win comfortably. They just have to play similar sort of football uh, as they did on Sunday. Now, obviously, conditions will be a lot different than what it was in JWS, but if, if they're smart and play like they did on, on Sunday, they'll beat Melbourne. I think they get one or two back from injuries as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that was the word coming through St Kilda or from Brett Ratton yesterday on the radio. So they'll only get better, and I think they'll have too much for Melbourne. I, I I don't think Melbourne are any good and McDonald's the only real threat they got up forward and that's not going to be enough for me. What about in the ruck though? Could it be Max Gorn versus, well, no one, McKinnon? Uh, well, it doesn't have an effect. We saw how I reckon Grundy and, and Gorn dominate the ruck tap outs, right? But how often do they hit it to a 
it doesn't lead to their midfield dominance because we we got smashed last week in midfield and gone. Yeah, well, good luck to you. Well, you lost. They lost the clearances against Frio as well. Yeah, there you go. So I don't think it matters. Ruckman are overrated. There you go. That's why you don't play one personally. Well, we don't, yeah, we don't have one at Old Brighton or in, in the under nineteens anyway. There you go. So we're going St Kilda, the, the pick there, although it will be potentially closer than we both expect, knowing St Kilda. Sunday afternoon is the Bulldogs, $1.61 favourites against West Coast. $2.32 outsiders at Marvel Stadium. Line here, eight and a half. The over-under, 174. And is everyone drinking the Western Bulldogs Kool-Aid just a little bit too quickly this season, Bats? I thought you would have bought into... The doggies for sure after no, the mate. game on Friday. No, mate. I was there. I watched it live, and it was like watching Richmond on acid. Richmond are a surge forward team. That makes sense when it's got a bit of control and you know when to say no. These guys are party animals with the football. They have no idea when to say no. And also, can you explain me this as, as the people's coach? Why would you elect to handball across three horizontal channels of, of play? So, you know, cut the foot up into six. A run down the middle of the field, and instead of kicking a 45 and taking the mark and having the ability to control the game, they just laterally handball out the channel and then just got swamped by you guys. And it happens continuously throughout the whole game. They just chose to handball instead of kick. But they're handballing like 35 metres. Why? That's what what brought success in 2016. It's what he sticks to, and it's why they haven't won much since... Um, I I still think that down back they're vulnerable and we saw how good uh, West Coast four line was against Gold Coast. It got them over the line in the end. And I just don't think they can kick a score either. Like they're still relying on Norton. Uh, you know, Bruce can't... I can't believe Bruce still, got, still played on the weekend. I, I just think that West Coast are too good. And at $2.32, that's an absolute joke. Some of these, some of these, will probably look stupid on Monday, but some of these odds are, are stupid for mine. Mm. It's your classic round, as as we've always said. This is the time of year to make some money because rounds one through to probably eight is when things are silly, people are overreacting, people are flip flopping, and then after that, you have all the trends, you have all the stats, and you have to go digging around to find some value. But at the moment, there are some games that if they play out like they should, obviously we can't guarantee that. Hashtag gamble responsibly. But there are there is some uh, value to be had and some edges to gain on the, the bookmakers this week in our humble opinions. But um, and West Coast looked good. That's the part I don't understand. Like Gold Coast is a good side. They're going to be around the eight. And West Coast beat a good side. Yes, they beat them at home. Yes, they beat them without Matt Rowe. But you know they have three premium tools now after that performance yeah. in the weekend. And Kelly was awesome. Kelly was awesome. They've got Nick Nat in the middle against no one. Well, against Stefan. Apologies to Steph Martin, actually. That's that's not that's not fair. But yeah, they got a, a yeah. The only advantage the doggies have here is their midfield. It has to be them carrying the load the whole night. Yeah, I, I can't even even then I reckon West Coast matches up pretty well with them in the midfield. All right, and West Coast know what what the doggies are gonna bring. So I mean we saw that. We spoke about it a lot last year at West Coast and, and not being really wanting to be a part of the hub life and everything. And when you watch the documentary and see how they acted and how some of them spoke, you see they really did not want to be there and it explains a lot about how they played. Watching them play last week, you'd see that nah, they're, they're really in for this season, they're up and about. And 
I know Wayne Carey has them to win a flag. I don't think they're there, but they're going to be a very, very dangerous side, especially when they're playing over in Perth. And they'll, they'll, they'll finish in the top four West Coast, and that's why. If if they are to finish top four, which I think they will, they'll be beating with uh, the doggies. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. On to our 50-50 matchups, Baz. They were must-watch games. These ones, a bit of a coin toss, but not a great spectacle. So the late Sunday game is Fremantle one Favourites, despite the loss to Melbourne, against the Giants, $2.04 outsiders. The line here, two and a half. The over-under, back down to those poultry scores of 161. They're playing at Domain Stadium. Do you pick the injured side with heart? Do you pick the young side that has to, quote, Cameron himself, a glitch in the walls of Giant Stadium. I, I think the glitch is him. Um, I can't pick a team here. I, I can't. I, I still don't know how to pick. Freo at home, but they've got that many out. It's not funny. JWS, well, if you want to know what the problem is with JWS, I've mentioned the documentary a few times already, I know. But if you go back and watch that documentary, Leon Cameron singles out players individually in, in a, in a in front of everyone. And the way I think he puts too much pressure on Coniglio as captain. Um, and you can just see that the playing group, a bit, probably a bit like what Colin would it be like at Collingwood right now. The, the playing group is, I don't reckon it respects the coach or the pl- people above them, like the coaching staff or the, the board members and stuff like that. And I think that's what Collingwood showed when they went to Chalor and all gave them a hug and even for the game, that sort of stuff. So I, I don't reckon you'll get much from JWS this year until that sort of stuff is fixed. So, and it's up to Cameron to to change it and change himself, or he might also find himself out of a job very quickly. But they're a bloody good list and they're a very good side, JWS, but you just can't trust them at the moment. And really, they should have been three goals up in that last quarter against St. Kilda. They should have won the game from there. But again, they just... Played dumb football, the inside 50 entries were terrible. But watching Freeman on Saturday, they, they were worse. So it's going to be a very, very interesting game with a lot of probably errors and or skill errors as well. Not And I don't know how much pressure is going to be around the footy, but I'm probably going to go with GWS just because they've got more players in the park that are pretty handy. I don't know. Like, I seriously don't know. It's hard to tip Freo after their performance against Melbourne, because you still think that the Giants are a better side than Melbourne. Even away, it's kind of hard to see that on paper they can't show up enough to be half a waffle side. Like, Yeah, surely. If JBS don't beat Fremantle this week, there's going to be some... The only thing saving Buckley is going to be um, the fact that the heat will go on there and come in. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be making the papers for all the wrong reasons for the first time in a long time. So, yeah, it'll be Collingwood, uh, JWS, and probably Essendon in the bottom three, North Melbourne, bottom four. There you go. And then on to our tip and forget games, Baz. It starts Saturday Twilight game. It's Port Adelaide, $1.14 against Essendon, $5.75 outsiders. They're playing at Adelaide Oval. The line here is 32 and a half. That's Less than what they were trailing by at halftime, and the over under here 176. Baz, Port Adelaide to win by how much, please? Uh, probably six, seven goals. Can we just, like, seriously, can we just fast forward now to the prelim? To the prelim? 
Yeah, I just want to watch uh, Port and Richmond go at it again. Surely that's the granny, mate. Nah, maybe. West Coast will be out there. That's good. Uh, they're probably the top three, then Geelong, I suppose, for fourth. Yeah. But, uh, but Richmond and Poirier are that far better than everyone. It's not funny. Only only uh, Bath Warriors will cost them games this year, Poirier. Mm. And there's huge potential. Is this a Bath or a trap? Or is it too early in the nah, season nah, for that? Nah. Essendon are yuck. No. That is, that is very true. Essendon are, yeah. are yuck. And uh, that was an odd Essendon performance. They're bottom four side this year, so. Where does that put Hawthorne then? I reckon Hawthorne will always be around the tenth to twelfth mark, ten to thirteen. But then, how do you get how do you get so far behind Essendon then? If you're if you're actually a decent side, that's the part I don't understand. So yes, Essendon blew the lead that you should never blow, but they got there. They got forty points up, so they must have some that. element of skill. Remember, remember Carlton last year against Hawthorne. Hmm. Same thing happened. Uh, maybe the, the, the blokes don't turn up or Clark gets the tactics wrong, but he fixes it pretty quickly and gives them belief to win the game still. So there you go. Yeah. It was very, very went to Shield went to Merritt and that was that was it. Game done. Hmm. Shields went to Merritt, that was it. He got taken out and uh yeah. Also I think it came back to and it was on the, the last track from Montagna. He showed some footage of teams, half backs, uh because of how open the game's been and how much overlap brain there was, the backs didn't seem to like um, manning up very often when, when their team was in front. They liked to give themselves that space, go kick chasing. And I think uh, Essendon was one team that definitely uh, the effort and defensive work rate after halftime definitely dropped. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the most bizarre games I've seen in a, a very long time. And... This one won't be. This one will be a clear victory to Port at home and they'll be 2-0 and and on top of the ladder. And then we have Saturday night, Gold Coast, 135 favourites against North Melbourne, $3.25 outsiders. Three-goal line here, uh, over-under of 163 at Metricon Stadium. Surely the Suns get this and North finish last again this year, Baz? Uh, yeah, yeah. Gold Coast win. Uh, they'll get the, the win. Hopefully, Rao is okay and everything's fine. I know he's not as bad as first thought, but hopefully he gets back. But if if Gold Coast turn up like they did last week and play like that, they'll win by 10 goals pretty comfortably. And you know what? Stephenson and those guys can go get their clearances and 50 touches all they want, but they'll still get done by 15 goals every week. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, so that was an old uh, celebration to say like, oh, how good is he and his different colours when you, you got smashed. So... It's not super coach. It's it's footy. Same. Yeah. View is all that matters. I, I, I completely honest. If you're a coach and like you know your Port Adelaide's and stuff like that, and you're coming against North Melbourne, you're probably not going to put any time. Like you you will, but you're not going to put a lot of time into the opposition players when you know you've got them covered. Yeah. I know it's a bit of arrogance, but you know that if you can if you rock up and, and play to your capability, you don't need to worry about the opposition players. Because they can get it 50 times, it's fine. We'll still win by 10 goals. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. And the last game for our review this week, Baz, is Richmond and Hawthorne at the MCG. Hawthorne are $4.45 outsiders. That's a bit rough in my opinion. Richmond are $1.21 favourites. The line here is 29 and a half. 
the over under 173. Now, people would say that Hawthorne can roll that momentum into the round two and challenge the Tigers. I would say that we have to be beware of the emotional toll that a big win takes. And I can see a massive drop-off happening here. You've had the big comeback. You've you've used up all the emotional biscuits that you've got in the pantry. This could be a fairly comfortable win to Richmond. That being said, 29 points is a lot, and Richmond don't do that very often in, in regular season games. So potentially another 1-39 to 39 bet is on the cards here. Well, I was going to say, round three last year, uh, Hawthorne gave you blokes here to touch up. Different circumstances, but yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Surely Richmond just win. Like, Parker was very good last week, but the younger team, and you saw, like, I don't know if you, did you watch the game? I did, yes, Baz. A lot of the body shapes from both Essendon and Hawthorne were very small. They are very, very small. There's a lot of young kids playing and stuff like that. You can't get to Richmond this week, there's some men playing, and there's going to be, it won't be as easy for some of the forwards and some of the backs to, do what they've been doing because or what they got away with last week because I just get absolutely yeah they'll be too big too strong Richmond yeah and again as much as you know Richmond doesn't have to win every game they'll take some weeks off but at the moment there's nothing wrong with their list there's no real major injury concerns they'll just they'll just bank the wins early and then cruise through the midway through the season so a Richmond win here probably about the same margin against Carlton probably 25 30 points As something different for this season, that is 2021, we're going to do the Greenback Boogie. So you got got 100 bucks to spend each week on a best bet, a value bet, and a roughie. And you have to, it, have to tell us how you're going to spend your $100 cash each week. So let us off with your best bet and go through them, mate. Uh, best bet is St. Kilda at the line, $1.90. Thank you very much. Uh, probably just the $40 on that one, man. Yep. Uh, my value is West Coast at $2.39, just head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to have 20 on that one. Lovely. And my roughie is Isaac Rankin to kick three or more goals against uh, North Melbourne, paying $4. I'm also going to have 20 on that one. Yep. And my last $20, Carlton, head-to-head, West Coast, head-to-head, St. Kilda, head-to-head, with a power player... $8.66, just $20 on the multi there, and uh, that should keep you entertained all weekend. Lovely work there, Baz. What I've got uh, for my 100 bucks spend, I'm going to put 50 bucks on Geelong to cover the line against the Lions. That, that line is 8 and a half. I'm going to also spend 30 bucks on West Coast to beat the Bulldogs at $2.39. And I put $15 on Sam Walsh to have 30 disposals because the Doggies had the leading six disposal goes last week against the Pies. That should happen again on Thursday night, plus the Carlton win at $4.33. And then roll all four of those together and just chuck the leftover five bucks on that. Uh, that's, yeah, Geelong to cover, West Coast to win. Sam Walsh 30 plus Carlton head-to-head is paying $22.49. And five bucks on that. And uh, if it all gets up, you're going to quadruple your cash. Lovely. Sounds good. Sounds very good indeed. Just as this podcast hopefully does. If you don't know where to find us, well, I don't know how you're listening, but if you want to share this with someone, you can find us on the Free Live app. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on 
Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, and make sure you leave a review because it gets us up in the algorithms and gets us hashtag global and trending, which is the real reason why Baz does this. It's not just for fun. It's not just for giggles. It's not just for cash. It's for you guys, the listeners. And so until next week, enjoy your footy. And, uh, and just like most AFL teams, we're probably a bit, r- bit rusty around one. We, we do get better. So this is our first week. We, we will get a lot better. Around two and three, we start peaking. So always. It's, it's a high peak until the grand final. Always, always improving week on, week out. Always taking in the RFIs. Yeah.